Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you're shopping online or anywhere, really, many of the brands you see are made overseas. Buried in all those search results are some made in the USA brands, but they have to put up a tough fight to get customers' attention. So how can e-commerce help these companies get more eyeballs, and what are the drawbacks of selling online? I'm Abrar Alhiti, and this is your Daily Charge. I'm filling in for Roger today, and I'm joined by Laura Hautalo, who writes about e-commerce for CNET. Welcome, Laura. Thank you for having me. Laura, manufacturing for a lot of products is often cheaper overseas. So what's the main motivation for companies to establish manufacturing in the U.S.? I actually found uh, quite a few different motivations. Um, Some brands felt it was just really authentic to their brand to have their products made in the USA. I spoke with um, a brand called Hard Mill that makes leather goods in Seattle. And these are some fairly high-end goods like uh, leather chef's aprons, um, belts, hats, that sort of thing. And people are willing to sort of pay a premium for that, knowing that it was handmade right there in their store. Um, another brand uh, is has made a fully automated robotic facility to make N95 masks in Houston, Texas. And their thinking is one, they can automate it so they can compete on price with China because they have uh, removed a lot of the labor costs. And two, eventually a lot of those manufacturers that usually partner with suppliers in the US to sell their goods are gonna start selling directly to customers in the next 10 to 15 years. So they wanna get a jump start on that and be able to make it themselves so they can continue staying in the business. Are Americans interested in buying more Made in America products? And if so, what prevents them from doing so? Um, Yeah, they have said in polling that they would like to buy more. Uh, There's a number of reasons why it's hard to do so. A lot of goods um, don't have to say where they're made, but the ones that do, including like apparel, there's not as many options. Um, It can be hard to find. It gets lost in the noise. Um, And there's just a ton of competition. Uh, You know, when you're shopping online, it is hard to find um, specific brands that are made in the USA. Um, And so that's one reason why, uh, even though uh, Americans buy nearly half of their apparel online um, as of last year, uh, only about two to three percent of that accounted for um, goods from the U.S., So there's a lot of opportunity there on e-commerce, but there's uh, clearly something going wrong or just not a a connection being made uh, for people who want to buy made in the U.S. products uh, actually finding them. Well, and you mentioned something that is very true, which is, you know, the way that we have shopped over the past decade or so has really changed um, with the with you know the rise of e-commerce. So what does what role does e-commerce play in helping to promote made in America brands? Yeah, I mean, I think it re- removes a ton of overhead for companies that want to get their products in front of people across the whole country. So that's a huge advantage. If you can sell just from your website or from an Amazon store, um, even on Etsy, some of these folks are selling on Etsy. Uh, you know, then you don't have to market, advertise in the same way. Um, 
reach people that otherwise wouldn't be able to find you. Uh, on the other hand, uh, there is a ton of competition. There's just so many brands online. Um, so it's really a double-edged sword for brands. Uh, and that's really why they sort of have to have a really unique um, sought after product or come up with a business model that really reduces prices so they can just compete with everyone else. Well, and that's what's interesting is not only is there just a flood of results when you try to search for something online, but I wonder, are US-based companies kind of able to compete with overseas manufacturers who do have these lower production costs? What what do they need to kind of do to, to step up to that level? Yeah. I mean, I think there's a few things companies can do. The, the biggest thing is just to have something uh, quite unique. Um, if you're going to sell something that has a premium, uh, which often you often since something will cost a little bit more coming from the US, it will come at a premium already. So then, you know, there's room for some just higher quality goods there. People who are looking for high quality, high end goods are already willing to pay a bit of a premium. So I spoke with um, bag maker Tom Finn, also in Seattle, and uh, they said that their bags are for they are bag nerds designing for bag nerds. They are making for people who are researching every aspect of their bag. And that's what attracts customers to them. Um, and then, you know, the other way that people are doing this is, is by reducing the labor costs, um, you know, bringing in automation as much as possible uh, to, to make a product that just competes um, on price. And uh, with the mask maker I spoke with in Texas, they also, you know, have a shorter supply chain. They're not dealing with global shipping uh, to have masks here in the U.S., so that can appeal to um, you know people who don't want to have to wait too long uh, for their masks. Well, that's the other part of this is during the pandemic, we have seen a lot of supply shortages for a variety of products. So has, Amer has American manufacturing kind of helped narrow any of those supply gaps? I think in the mask realm, it took a while for folks to catch up, especially if they wanted to be NIOSH certified. Uh, the mask maker I spoke with was making N95s as of this January. Um, but I think since the supply chain has not been totally mended and there are probably a lot of factors making it um, weak in the coming holiday season, it's going to be uh, important for those uh, products to, that are made in the U.S. that they're available for us. Online shopping has skyrocketed during the pandemic. I can personally attest to this. Mm -hmm. um, so will we will we continue to see U.S. brands have um, a stronger foothold online? Uh, that's a good question. Uh, you know, I do think that uh, online shopping is going to continue growing. There's been a little bit of return to normalcy um, over the summer as people have been able to leave their houses more, uh, but it's still growing and. Uh, you know, I spoke with an expert yesterday who mentioned that customers are now more educated in online shopping, including older customers who may not have been shopping online as much. So there's that base of people who are really comfortable with this system now. Um, so, yeah, I mean, if people do want to find made in the U.S. products, they're out there. They're on the Internet. You can find them from all over the country. I found, you know, I noticed brands in Kentucky, Texas, Montana, um, Washington State, you know, they're they're everywhere. So uh, it is it is possible to find them. It's just sort of narrowing that search and and thinking about, you know, what what you're willing to spend on something if there is a bit of a premium. You also mentioned in your story that some sellers are turning to places like Amazon and some are choosing to go kind of direct to consumer. What are the pros and cons of each of those options? 
Yeah. Um, so the mask maker is selling exclusively on Amazon. Um, basically with the goal of, you know, becoming a top seller on Amazon, it's, it's a pretty straightforward system uh, for a, a, a product like that. Uh, he wants to show that the product can succeed. So then attract retailers who want to buy the mask um, from him as a wholesaler. Um, that's his entire business plan. Other folks kind of blend it, sell from their own website and Amazon. Um, you know, some folks deal with issues. If they have a, a, a nice premium product, then there's going to be imitators on Amazon pretty quickly. Um, and they kind of just build that into the cost of doing business, you know, strategize around that. But that is one factor uh, dealing with Amazon. And then other people like the backpack maker, they only sell on their website. And because they have name recognition and a pretty devoted fan base that works for them. And then they don't have to give any cut of their sales to Amazon or a retailer or anyone else that all, you know, goes to them to cover the overhead and go into profit. Sure. It'll be interesting to see how this kind of shapes up in the coming months and years. Laura, thank you so much for joining us. You can check out our coverage on CNET.com. If you have any questions, hit us up on Twitter at The Daily Charge or sign up for direct text messages from Roger by heading to CNET.co slash Daily Charge. And if you liked what you heard, please rate and subscribe to the podcast. It really helps us out. For The Daily Charge, I'm Abrar Alhiti. Thanks for listening. <laughs>